Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Um, we're going to be talking about the future of the strategic narrative, which is what you are an expert in. Guillaume, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, Lisa, it's a pleasure to be here with you uh, remotely at your house, I guess, or in your office and in my yeah. office. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're still... We're, 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 we're all still living uh, our, our best COVID selves um, as, as the world has gone remote. I mean, you're based in Seattle, though, even though uh, all accents tell us that you are French. Um, right. You are a former <laughs> big management consultant. I believe you're also a former jazz pianist, which is pretty interesting. That is correct. Um, and also, you've studied Chinese medicine before starting your company, MetaHelm, which mm -hmm. really helps companies figure out their strategic narrative, which is mm -hmm. why we are going to be talking about the future of the strategic narrative and why it's important uh, today and, and for tomorrow as well. Um, let me just ask first and foremost, as we get started, what is a strategic narrative? So a strategic narrative is a system of stories. It's a system of discrete meaning-making devices. That sounds, that sounds terribly technical here, but that's the that's the technical definition I have for it. It's, uh, it's something I defined. Uh, other people define it slightly different, but think of think of a system, think of a constellation of ideas, of stories, of messages that form um, a belief about something. In fact, the term narrative, we you always uh, we, we often use it in in our daily conversation to describe something that relates to what people believe, to what is the norm uh, around an idea. We say, you know, the, the the narrative about society, the narrative about religion, the narrative about some products. Um, the planet has a narrative, countries have a narrative, and companies have a narrative. So strategic narrative is the application of that frame of mind to uh, to business and business strategy. It's interesting because obviously, you know, a lot of the work that um, we do overlaps. Um, my company, LVG and Co., you know, we really focus and we talk the same way about transformative moments in an organization, you know, whether that's a new product or a rebrand or a new, you know, a, a new market or any number, an exit or a change of management. Like there are these moments when a narrative is really a new narrative or an updated narrative is really, really critical. What yeah. are some of those moments and, and who needs them? Well, I think you just refer to moments that are pretty internal to a company like a reorganization, uh, but many other moments in a company are also external. And in fact, more and more companies assign themselves the goal to have a transformative impact around them. Like if you think about companies who want to change the way an industry works, disrupt an industry, you know, it's it's a common term in our vernacular. That's one that's one possibility for it. Uh, com other companies want to transform our environment, and which is really, really uh, right now a, a, a focus of attention, or our society. 
uh, I can think of several several brands here, and one one we have in Seattle uh, called Mod Pizza, mm -hmm. who's really about changing norm and, norms and values in society through a different narrative for pizza chain, pizza restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. And other companies also have the goal to transform how people live at an individual level, their their customers, their clients, whether it's in healthcare or education or mental health and so on. So think about the transformative agenda of a company, uh, something that is potentially internal, but also external. Obviously, um, transformative calls, like most, a lot of people think about, oh yeah, digital transformation. Yes, it was a big buzzword that was really forced through COVID. Like all of a sudden, every company had to turn into digital uh, you know, companies. Uh, so, th so that's, that's one possibility, but there are many, many transformations possible around us in business. It's interesting because you had started by defining a strategic narrative as kind of a mosaic of stories, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but in, in marketing speak in these mm -hmm. companies, there's a lot of, especially when you're talking externally facing consumer mm -hmm. or customer facing, there's a lot around storytelling. Marketing yeah. today is about, well, it's about data analytics, which of course I, I just did an episode on last week, um, but it's also, it's also, and so understanding kind of the, the reason behind purchase intent and purchase behavior. Um, but then there is this storytelling, which is really about telling the story of why someone should care about your brand, your product, that feature, et cetera. How is um, how is the strategic narrative actually different than storytelling? Yeah. So first of all, uh, I, I think that, yeah, the, the marketing community has done a great job uh, for really good reasons at embracing the concept of storytelling in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. I mean, we, we, we hear it everywhere. In fact, uh, if you're watching this on video, most of the books behind me are about this topic, right? So, uh, so it has created a narrative about storytelling that is, yes, storytelling in business is for marketing. It's the marketing department. It's a marketing thing. Oh, and that means that you need to be a creative person to deal with this. Oh, and that's also you need to be a good writer. So these are all shortcuts that I, I call a narrative that are uh, that are true, that are real, that we we experience. But a company is not just marketing, right? A company at all. At all. It has it has many other functions, many other facets that also have their own story. And one of the things that I I used to believe is that you know I used to to use the the term oh the the company story mm. to come to realization that a company doesn't have a story. A company has thousands of stories, like a family. And, like a family, right? You have, exactly. And everybody come with their past, their future desires, their experiences. A company has, is, is the same thing. And um, the principally, I, I see the role of, of the leadership of the company, the CEO to orchestrate those stories that are not just about marketing, but that are also about how the organizations behave, how we design products, how we make decisions around finance, mm -hmm. and how also leadership feels inside and that's one of the most um underrepresentative side of what i call a narrative which is how do we feel as as a leader uh, how do we relate to what the company is doing and where he where he wants to go so uh so that's the difference the story is one facet of a narrative that is a, a much greater system 
And and it sounds to me like you believe that the strategic narrative as this kind of collective embodiment of the company and all of its different stories and viewpoints mm-hmm. is in fact a way not only of telling this story externally and internally, but also is a way of differentiating from the competition. Yeah. So um, if you look at companies who really endure like almost invisible invincible companies or companies that seem to rally people naturally uh, around them they do something that they do a pattern that i noticed they connect what they do outside with what they do inside mm-hmm. and when people think about these companies in their market they know exactly why they should connect or uh, they don't even without thinking about a product or a service to buy they 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 know exactly why they should be in connection with this entity. Like it mm-hmm. speaks to them. Uh, one brand that comes to mind is the company called Oatly, mm-hmm. uh, who does... Um... It's a former colleague of mine from Chobani who's oh. running it in the US. Okay, cool. So you I know, know it, it well. You know it very well. So that's great. Um, so Oatly has this has a, has a great narrative power because they are able to uh, connect everybody outside and inside uh, on the same level. Uh, they, I, I think they even self-identify as a non-profit-like mindset and, and almost like a movement. It's almost like the product is secondary in their, in, in their, um, in their world. They're more about a cause. They're more about an impact, which is to uh, produce food differently because the current way we, we, we produce dairy, we feed people, produces too much CO2. I'm just probably making too much shortcuts. Next, next, next week is actually but, uh, my last episode of the, the year and, and right before Thanksgiving is on the future of farming. So you're, you're touching okay, on all, all of the aspects. <laughs> good, good, good tea up, right? But that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's an example of a company who has strong narrative power and maybe they don't call it strategic narrative. Um, maybe they, they, they'll call it branding or something. But the way I see it um, for my purpose is that they've, they've done that strategically. They thought about it. It's not something that they you know that just came up like that. In fact, I, I listened to some of the talks of the, the creative director there and it's, they have a really radically different way to do marketing and yes. to, to to really connect the inside with the with the outside. So, uh, I call it strategic because I wish more companies would think like that. And mm-hmm. my quest, my my strategic narrative is to offer a way for other uh, transformative business founders and leaders to replicate that model that seems to have, um, you know, something interesting here. Well, I, so you you teach. You know, mm-hmm. this this subject, you mentor mm-hmm. in a lot of incubators and things. You've also mm-hmm. written a book on the strategic narrative, right? Um, yeah. It's actually, the book is called Strategic Narrative with mm-hmm. some, some subtitle. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about why you think kind of from today going forward into the future, the strategic narrative is so important and maybe perhaps different than it used to be. Not very long ago compared to the scale of humanity we we came to prove and and realize that we are emotional living people are emotional first before they they think right i'm referring to the the work of of researchers and there is a book called think think slow think think sorry one of my favorites think fast right so uh so the, the so we 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 finally are understanding a little bit more about how we make decisions about how we operate 
And um, so that's one that's one aspect of my one facet of my answer here. The other thing is I see that uh, if we want to drive big important changes, like let's take uh, uh, you know sustainability and climate change, we know we have all the technology answers already. So the problem is not is less of a technology problem, in my opinion, than a change project, than a transformation problem. Mm -hmm. And the way we, we should really approach this is by looking at how do we rewire the beliefs that people hold and turn it into something that is more appropriate uh, uh, to the future. And that comes through changing the way people do things normally. Narratives normalize people. Like if I tell you, Lisa, do you drink coffee? Very much so. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you do you do, to, do you go to a coffee shop? Yes. Take coffee to go, and you probably have a paper cup. I, yes, but oh, try, I don't know. Try less and less. Less and less. Okay. Why is that? Great. Perfect. Why is that? Because I'm very eco-minded. I also now don't live in the city, and so it's not as it's not as pertinent. Okay. Great. So, but did you use like maybe years ago or decades ago? Did you use to 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 of just course. Right. And, and so the reason why you did this, I'm, I'm going very quickly here because for the sake of time, but your reason you did this because we taught you that this paper cup is good. That's what, what, that's what you need to use. And then, um, then once you're done, you put it in the blue bin and it gets recycled. That was your former narrative. Yes. And over time, your, your belief changed and your narrative changed by thinking, actually, that's not very eco-friendly. I should change my habits, right? Mm -hmm. So you operated that change by yourself, you know, by increasing your awareness and being more conscious about it. It was probably driven by conversation with friends or what brands were, what brands are saying. Yeah. And so, so although the technology solution to have more of a sustainable cup was already there, actually before paper cups, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> right? You had to go through this. And that's, so that's why I think it's so important these days. I, I think that's, that's the urgency right there. We are facing big adaptive challenges for which we don't have all of the answers, but a lot of the answers and what is getting in our way is adoption of these innovations, is alignment of people to really drive towards the same goal. Well, I think what's it, what's great about that, because it's about driving towards the same goal. And I think some of the outcomes that um, your company, MetaHelm, working with some of the world's largest companies, mm -hmm. you know, really drives to, I mean, there are these promises of like what kind of benefits, you know, a strategic narrative can deliver, like aligning people, right? We've talked about accelerating adoption of innovation being one of these major ones and then growing a business, which of course is capitalism's ultimate objective is is growth um a, a topic for other days and and past episodes yes um, you covered it <laughs> <laughs> but i do think what's what's um compelling to me about the strategic narrative um is is really about that adoption that you're talking about um mm -hmm. and the and the shift in mindset and its role in change management for lack of a better term um okay. as we move forward into the future um, are there things that you think specifically organizational leaders need to be doing in order to kind of fast track uh, adoption and, and and growth and change? Well, uh, first of all, get educating on what change uh, is really and how it works. And you'll you'll find that you need to um, you need to walk your talk. Um, you need to repeat yourself. And you need to treat people less as an audience, but more as participants. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's okay if you have a proposition that is unfinished. Actually, it's better because it, if it's unfinished, it means you leave room on the canvas <laughs> for people to add their own version of it. So maybe um, focus on your intent a little more than just your product. I see this uh, a lot in technology companies, also sustainability companies. It's all about the product and that's great, but we want to make this product perfect, so perfect that when people see it, of course it works great, but what is left to, to be done, right? Where is the conversation? Where is the open-mindedness to invite people in co-creating the solution of the futures? So, so really uh, one of the key things to, mm -hmm. to, to keep in mind, if I you know, had one thing to, to, to say here, is that idea, like treat people as participants, co-create with them, uh, focus more on where is it that you want to go and let them know that maybe you have a solution that is a working solution that, that maybe needs their involvement to take it to the next level, to another level of iteration and don't spend so much time and effort at first into making it, you know, the ideal thing because you don't know yet. <laughs> I, the idea of co-creation in a strategic narrative is so, it's critical actually. Um, I, and I think I like that idea of leaving blank space on the canvas for people to yep. leave their own fingerprint as, yeah. um, is, is something that even, even I as a change agent in my, you know, kind of corporate life yeah. sometimes would forget in, in the, you know, yes, you get buy-in and you, and you sell right. it and you, and you incorporate, yeah. But leaving blank space sometimes can be seen as weakness, but it's it's, totally. always, it's always essential. Can I can I just uh, share a quick anecdote here? Yeah. I, I did a project a few years ago with an airline who wanted to transform their culture. And one of the things that was actually um, a, an, an adopted old narrative was, okay, we're going to work with the leadership team about what the culture looks like, and we're going to decide, and then we're going to start rolling it out. Of, of course, we'll involve people along the way. And it was a very traditional approach. And uh, we thought about it, and we all knew that this was kind of not exactly, in that, in that context, it wouldn't be so successful. So the CEO was courageous enough to say, okay, let's invest in bringing all employees. It was a small airline. It's a subsidiary of Alaska Airlines called Horizon Airlines. So mm -hmm. still manageable, but still almost 3,000 people. That's a lot of people. And so we did over, this over six months and we asked them all the same questions. We had our ideas, but we said, these, these are our ideas, but what do you want the culture to be in this company? What, what do you think would be most beneficial to customers? That's what I mean by co-creation, mm -hmm. and and the culture was just you know was shaped from from the grassroots level, was just it was just galvanizing for people. Um, there are some really good ideas, some really bad ideas, uh, but that's the name of the game, and we tested them together. That that's incredible. It's a, it's a great it's a great example. So thank you for sharing it. As mm -hmm. as we think about kind of wrapping up, Guillaume, mm -hmm. you you've studied Chinese medicine. And Chinese mm -hmm. medicine is uh, largely, from what I know, as someone who has received some of it um, and and have some friends who are also practitioners, it is very much holistic. It's a, it's a yep. systems treatment rather than an identification of one thing or another. It's mm -hmm. also focused on kind of the elements and nature and things like this. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific way in which your own background in Chinese medicine influences your frankly, management consulting business, uh, even if you are doing strategic narrative, which is creative? <laughs> it totally influenced my, my approach. 
<laughs> I love that question, Lisa. It totally influenced my work. It was a huge breakthrough. I I got to 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 uh, to study Chinese medicine. I just scratched the surface because really it takes a, it would take a lifetime to really understand and, and master. Uh, in my late twenties. Um, and that completely changed the, my view of the world and it influenced it really, really drastically. Everything I do is holistic. Um, I tend to naturally, uh, you know, uh, not just go linearly, but look at things, you know, in a, in a 360 fashion. In fact, my, my main uh, framework and model called the strategic narrative canvas is a 360 um you know, placemat, a map that, you know, you can start from anywhere, anytime. So it has really, really influenced my thinking. Also thinking in terms of um, the systemic, I mean, it, the approach of, of, of uh, Chinese business is extremely systemic. Mm -hmm. You know, that has led me to think about storytelling as a system, obviously, more than just a linear, a linear thing that you you start with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there is a hero that ends up winning. You know, we so déjà vu, right? Um, the so, reality. So Western culture. So Western culture, absolutely. You know, and and so Hollywood, and but so great also. We have you know every time I see a good Hollywood movie, I have a kick, and that's <laughs> awesome. But the reality is that um, life is infinite. At least I hope you live as long as as possible, um, and 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 it keeps coming back. And that's uh, that's more of the of the um, uh, the, the, the 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 paradigm where that you know companies live in. Like things yeah. are unfinished, mm -hmm. uh, things are open. Three things are systemic. You think and you say it's early twenty twenty, and you have a beautiful strategy plan, and in March. <laughs> you get punched in the face because everybody who has a plan gets punched in the face. So what do you do, right? You have to be agile. So you have to think about, okay, what are our norms? What are values here? How do we operate? Like values are how we decide in critical moments of adversity. Uh, so that's when the narrative comes to life. And maybe our narrative is toxic. So we need to change it right now. Otherwise, we're out. Yeah. Um, we're at time, but I think that's such a nice kind of encapsulation of mm -hmm. why a strategic narrative is so important for businesses wanting to even continue in the future. So the future of the strategic narrative feels to me like the future of business. Yeah, I think it's going to be a grow. It, it's going to be a growing importance. It is the future of business, and I encourage you to um, expose your mind to that kind of, of thinking. Um, and also I invite you to help me continue building that approach because I walk my talk and my approach is certainly not perfect, but it's useful. It's useful and I invite you to, uh, to take a look at it and yeah, tell me what you think. Fantastic. Guillaume, where can people look for it? Um, so my website is metahelm.com, M-E-T-A-H-E-L-M.com. Uh, and I have a a number of resources there. My book is available for free. I don't ask for an email um, and you can have it for free. Uh, my uh, assessment, I have a, a very short four and a half minute assessment that will tell you if your company has narrative power is also available there for free. So try it out. Fantastic. Um, thank you again for joining us on Future of XYZ. Fascinating conversation, hopefully not just for us uh, brand building geeks. <laughs> <laughs> lovely thank you so much lisa thank you and for everyone watching and listening if you don't already subscribe to future of xyz make sure you do on youtube or anywhere you get your favorite podcast 
Um, you can also visit future-of.xyz to get all the links if you don't uh, find them naturally. I also just want to say we are going to be wrapping this year early. Uh, next week, right before Thanksgiving uh, in America, is going to be our last episode for the year before we come back in 2023 with a whole bunch of new uh, episodes and uh, some new exciting news. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you subscribe. And Guillaume, encore une fois, merci mille fois. <laughs> Merci beaucoup, Lisa. Your podcast is awesome. And I was so honored to be to make it to the first season. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's actually the sixth season, but the first is crazy. Nice. This is in two years that we've been doing this now, right, but right. the first season before we change it. And I am so happy that you were able to join us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to The Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.